0: This is Matt Leiner, and you're listening to Reign of Troy Radio. Reign of Troy, hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Bob Connelly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? We get Michael Castillo on the phone. Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Oh, I can't believe. USBN.
1: is. five. Seven and not going to a ball Oh. All right, Trojan fans, turn up the volume. It's time for Reign of Troy Radio. Here's your host, Michael Castillo.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio. This is the CarCast after USC and number 10 Utah played on Friday night. I'm your host, Michael Castillo. Join along with my co-host, Elisa D'Aretola. Hello, everybody. Hello, Elisa. Before the game, all week, we said... There was no football reason for USC to win this game. There was no football reason for Utah to lose. That was before, on the second play of the game, Keaton Slovis uh, has what looks to be a concussion or concussion like symptoms. It's before SC loses both of their starting cornerbacks. It- it's before they rush for 13 yards. 13 yards. Total. Not not attempts. Not... 13 yards in this game. It is before they have just 21 minutes of possession. We said no football reason to win this game. It is before Matt Fink, the third-string quarterback, who was in the transfer portal and committed to, to Illinois, and then came back, before he got entered into this game, we said there was no football reason. Add in all those things, and there sure as hell isn't no football reason for USC to win this game. Alicia, yeah, they did. They won the football game 30-23. to Yeah,
1: that was the stupidest game I've ever seen, and I loved every single second of it. It was oh glorious. Oh my god. It was absolutely Glorious in its chaotic stupidity, chaotic insanity. every just I couldn't have I couldn't have scripted the ridiculousness that was this game. You could not have I mean all those things that you Utah listed had
0: sixteen penalties, including a unsportsmanlike on Kyle Whittingham. USC had eleven penalties and for one hundred and
1: seventeen yards, and they weren't the most penalized team on the field. USC had a taunting penalty on an in- interception that USC threw. USC had a personal, uh, I mean, a, uh, an, um, what did they, what did they rule on, on Marquis step? Um, on un- a, a, uh, celebration penalty, celebration penalty for be- dapping up Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush on the side of the Coliseum, Michael, Michael, this entire game featured Matt Leiner. Brady Quinn, Reggie Bush, and Urban Meyer standing on the USC sideline.
0: You could not put together <laughs> a group of four people that USC fans have stronger opinions about than those four dudes.
1: And 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 you you put those guys on the sideline. And so you have USC fans chanting all sorts of other chants that are going on before, during and after the game. And somehow USC is facing the number 10 team in the country, the number 10 team in the country. They give up, they give up 247 rushing yards to the number 10 team in the country, five yards per carry to the number 10 team in the country who has lost their Heisman candidate, all pack 10, all pack 12, like all world, everything running back to injury in this game. And they still win. Alicia, Uh, (laughs) Utah... They gave up 457 yards of total offense, Michael.
0: Utah had one drive. One drive in the whole game that ended on their side of the 50. One. And they only scored 23 points. (laughs) There was a safety...
1: There were two block kicks in a row, <laughs> one that got called back because of a penalty, and then they went and blocked the next one too. There was a safety, there were fourth down conversions, there were, there was a USC defensive lineman who had to come out of the game because a clipboard broke and splintered and hit his eye and he had to get his contacts replaced. <laughs> That's J2 Felle. Like. I just, um... Oh. Matt Fink? Matt Fink goes out there? Okay, can we just have a moment? Because you're going to have your moment about predicting the outcome of this game. But, like, can we just have a moment where coming out of fall camp, I said that I would be most comfortable with Matt Fink leading USC's offense. I've said all along that Matt Fink could lead USC's offense and it wouldn't be a big problem. You've said all along that didn't really matter who the quarterback was. This offense was designed to just have somebody go out. Matt Fink comes into this game and, like, proves us right and proves us wrong at the same time. Because Matt Fink went out and just basically said YOLO. Like, somebody somebody said it was the, the,
0: the um, the, uh... Matt Fink played, like, what people re- think JT did last year.
1: Yes. Yeah, literally, yes. He, Matt Fink facing a pass rush that was just, because USC's offensive line is just bad. And basically, he played
0: like you and I were play would play if we had the physical ability. He
1: played like I play NCAA football. Yeah, when your offensive line can't block, and so basically you just like whoop, spin out of the pocket, run away,
0: launch it deep, and sometimes you're gonna catch those balls, and it sometimes worked. the other team is gonna it catch it. the touchdown pass to Amara Saint Brown in the second quarter. Sorry, first quarter. Utterly insane. It- he he is he's blitz right up the A gap and you're like oh no he's dead to rights he might get hurt they might have to put Brandon Purdue in this game who played safety against Fresno State life flashing before your your eyes right no he's just going to spin move and then run in absolute panic and then drop back and throw this ball chuck it deep and as soon as he throws him like oh this is getting picked yeah and no Amarag St. Brown jumps up while having defenders all over him. Makes a hell of a catch. Touchdown. SC goes up 14-7.
1: Well, and that's the story of the game, right? It's just like Matt Fink chucks it downfield. YOLO. And USC's receivers go, oh, I should probably catch that. And YOLO. <laughs> Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman's a 232 monster. receiving yards it, in this game. Is that the closest thing to Marquise Lee that we're going to see from a USC
0: receiver? this this I, I put on Twitter, at what point do we start talking about where he ranks among USC's all-time greats? I mean, this performance, and
1: remember, I mean, he wasn't going up against Jalen Johnson, that was uh, Tyler Vaughn's. at least from what I could tell, Tyler Vons was going up against Jalen Johnson, so he wasn't covered by Utah's best corner, but this is still a really good Utah uh, defensive uh, secondary, and he's out there just bawling, like just making making the catches that they've told us all along. This is the 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 thing that they've told us all along about this offense is, just give your give your receiver the chance. And the thing about the way that Matt Fink throws the ball <laughs> is that he doesn't have a ton of arm strength, so he really gives his receivers a chance. But I think he like the way he throws it gives the receiver so much more of a chance than the DB. Because, like, the DB's not expecting it to just sort of hang up the way that it does. <laughs> and He's that, you got know, a funky delivery, man. And you know what? The, this is one thing that I did notice. I was putting together uh, it bef- in the week before the game my sort of who, had, who has the edge feature on uh, ranitroy.com. And I was putting that together and I was looking at Utah's secondary, Utah's lineup. And the one thing that I noted was that USC would have a height advantage in this game. No one... Was taller than Julian Blackman, the the safety. He's six one. He's their tallest DB. And so I thought to myself, well, you know, Ross St. Brown is six one. Uh, uh, he's the shortest of the receivers. Tyler Vines is what six six two six three. Michael Pittman six five. Um, y- you had this height advantage that USC was bringing into this game. But I didn't think it was going to make that much of a difference. Like, I couldn't have imagined Matt Fink coming in and just chucking it and and Michael Pittman saying, OK, it's mine and jumping up and grabbing like it was just the, everything. Everything about this was so ridiculous and crazy and like USC's just pure talent shining out, but also just the insanity of everything, the chaos that happened in this game I don't even know how to process it. Like, I I don't even know... Well, no, I do know I do know how to process it. How we process this is just... This was the funniest bullcrap that we've seen from USC in a long, long time. Enjoy the ridiculousness of it. I'm not trying to read anything into this game, Michael. Not a single thing, because no, I, none I, of it matters. I,
0: I don't think SC is an improved team from last year. They didn't turn a corner
1: on tackling or on blocking. I
0: I don't think that they're... I'm still not going to predict that they... I still think that Washington will beat them by double digits. They didn't fix the penalty problem. They They
1: still lost the turnover battle. None of those things. Special teams was still wonky.
0: Isn't this the perfect win, though? That's why I'm saying I'm going to enjoy every second of it. Because for everyone who wants Clay Helton gone this was the perfect win because there's nothing about this game in in which you can feel confident about USC's um, long-term success outside of the favorites in the Pac-12 South now. Yeah. Uh, By beating Utah, they can now afford to lose next week to Washington. Yeah. They can maybe afford to lose to Cal too. Who who knows, right? Yeah. They can, they can afford, they have a little leeway. And that leeway is important because they're going to freaking need it, right? Yeah. And so that is important. That's pivotal. This is when it's glad that, yeah, if, if you could pick a game, to, if, if you could beat BYU or Utah, you'd rather beat Utah because of what it means for the season. For sure. It, it doesn't mean that the Utah that the BYU game was, you know, that, that wasn't a consequence. Surely it is. But for all of that, and, and the, the Pac-12 South is a good thing for USC right now. There's no reason to, to to feel any more confident in this team at all, especially now they're down to Matt Fink. Who knows what's going on with Keaton Slovis? Is he going to be back next week? Is he not? Uh, is Matt Fink the guy you want to play Washington? Probably not. But then if, Matt, if Keaton Slovis is still hurt, then what do you do? Do you want to actually throw Keaton Slovis into the hornet's nest that is Husky Stadium? Without a week of practice? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like all these things, oh, can the, the the rest of the season still looks poor for USC? There's no reason to to watch this game. There are no and, fo- and there's football no, fo- no football reason to pick USC to beat Washington. No, I'm saying there's no football reason to buy into this team any more than there was last week. Well, because we said, I mean, we've but gone through, they, but they got the win, and but they and got so, the win. And so that way, you. This win wasn't validating Clay Helton. This win wasn't validating the, the program's direction. You know what it validated?
1: The, this, the only thing this win validated, actually, this win validated two things, two observations. One, Utah isn't ready for primetime. That we sort of, this has happened to Utah before, coming to the Coliseum, ranked in the top 10 and not being ready for primetime. So there's that one thing for them. And two, from a USC perspective, and this is something that all the players talked about after the game, you know, we have heart. And I think that's what that's the only thing you validate about this team, about, uh, about this. This doesn't validate USC's coaching staff. This doesn't validate their preparation. It doesn't validate their execution. It doesn't validate anything. They got statistically, they got beaten this game. They didn't win any of the statistical things that usually determine who wins the no, game.
0: No, The only difference— I, I want to see the <laughs> the Bill Connolly numbers. Oh, my gosh. What is the adjusted score going to be? It's like, going to be crazy. It's going to be stupid. Utah but, wins this game by, like, two touchdowns or but something?
1: But USC USC at heart. Michael Pittman went out there and won his battles. Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyler vaughns they won their battles. Um, the the running backs, the, the offensive line, as bad as the offensive line was for most of this game— in the final drive when USC needs to run out the clock, I'm sitting there going like, oh, USC's going to try to run out the clock here, and it's not going to work because Utah, that's the one thing they've done that where USC hasn't been able to run at all. And what do they go out and do? The, you know, 20 of the 13 yards that they have in this game are on that final drive where they're running out the clock. So that's showing you heart that's showing you grit on defense they are giving up third downs left and right they are having penalties left and right they're looking sloppy as all hell they really weren't though the you same... it was only 5 of 13 on I third know, down i know but this is tip- we've had this conversation michael that making sense of usc's third down situations are just impossible but usc's defense looks they don't pass the eye test at all. Certainly not. But you know what test they do pass? They pass the heart test because they force the big turnovers when they need them, and they get
0: the safety. The turnover before the half.
1: Yeah, the the Greg huge. Johnson strip huge, or the the or, or I don't yeah. know if he stripped it or if he just recovered it, but yeah, incredibly huge, huge. Yeah. You know the big big plays where they get out of dodge, where they force field goals. Like USC's defense looks really bad until they make the stop that they need to make. And we've talked, we've had these conversations before about how, you know, this is what we knew. We, we, this is what we expected from this defense. They've probably been worse than I hope they would be, but in terms of results, they're, they're doing what they need to do. They held uh, Utah to 23 points. That's very much within the range of what we expect of this defense. And the difference in this game was the defense showed the heart to prevent, to, to hold Utah to, to 23 points and USC's offense uh, as individuals showed the heart to score four offensive touchdowns, and when USC scores four off- offensive touchdowns, they win the game. It's really the equation is really that simple. They found a way to score four offensive touchdowns. Three of them were chuck it up and pray, and they came through. And one of them was Marquis Step barreling into the end zone.
0: Yeah, and I'm just looking at the drive chart. I <laughs> I, I cannot get over this drive chart. You. <laughs> Utah scores, first drive, five plays, 75 yards. Just hot knife through butter, right? Yeah, yeah. And SC did the same thing to them in that first drive, too. So, fair enough. Even Steven. But after that, they ended the USC 23 with the blocked field goal. Next one, they ended the USC 27 turnover on downs. Next one, they ended the USC 20 field goal. Next one, they ended the USC 6 with a fumble. Next one they ended the USC 47 with a punt. Next one, the USC 46 with the punt. The next one they score a touchdown on a seven yard drive after the interception from Matt Fink. So if you're gonna give up a touchdown drive for the defense, that's the one to do because yeah. it, it's just it's seven yards. That's not on you. Yeah. That's on Matt Fink for throwing that pass, which was awful. But that, you know, you, oh, and
1: by the way, that's the Matt Fink throws an interception and they call a taunting foul on Austin Jackson. Like, what are you, uh, what are you saying when you're taunting? I have no idea, but it's dumb. Either way, it's dumb. What is Austin Jackson doing? I don't know. I I certainly didn't see it. I didn't hear it. But like, a, what are you doing? And B, ha- you're ta- taunting on an interception for your team. I.
0: Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, and then the last three drives, again, they go all the way to the USC 7, settle for a field goal. And then the biggest drive of the game for USC's defense, they get a safety. Drake Jackson, let's talk about Drake Jackson. I, I, I told you before we started recording this, he reminds me so much, and I don't want to make this comparison. I'm really You weren't the first one, Michael. I know, I know. But he reminds me of freshman year Leonard Williams. Remember all the dumb penalties that freshman year Leonard Williams had? I think he poked a guy's eye out. That sounds violent. Did he he spit on somebody? I don't think he... I don't remember him spitting. No, Drake Jackson isn't doing that. He's not necessarily dirty, but he commits two unnecessary roughness penalties in this game. One of them is like a body slam, right? So he's playing a little reckless. He's he's a little too aggressive. Bowl in a china shop type of thing. And you could live with that when you force a damn safety by getting, you know, Tyler Huntley, who I thought Tyler Huntley was great, by the way. I thought Incredibly he was so, so so good at eluding the blitz. He was so good. And USC brought so much pressure in this game. They had the ability to get pressure on Huntley, but he'd slither away. And you or know what he'd I... cover up the ball. Or he'd figure something out to, you know sidestep that pressure you know what it was for that
1: safety well you know what it was that was the thing is that usc has had trouble um getting quarterbacks down right they've had trouble wrapping up and all that kind of stuff i don't think that's what was happening in this game i mean obviously i I need to rewatch and see what the truth of it was but like i don't think this was like a jorge reyna just like slithering out of your arms kind of situation i feel like tyler huntley was just making his move at like timing his moves perfectly there was one play where brandon peely looks like he's gonna go ahead and get him and Tyler Huntley just does this little shimmy to just, you know, shift past... Uh, he, he sort of makes a little cut like a running back to get around uh, to, to put Peely off, and he just takes off. I thought Tyler Huntley was was excellent, which makes the whole thing even more ridiculous, because how did USC beat Utah when Tyler Huntley had a good game? Didn't throw an interception, didn't have a turnover.
0: Alicia, this drive chart... Alicia, I mean, Alicia... Utah, not Alicia... Utah had four drives in which they had 10-plus plus plays. How many points do you think they generated on those drives? Six. Three. Three. Uh. <laughs> Three points. Yeah,
1: that's bad. I can't decide if that's more Stanford or USC because I said during the game that like Utah was using a USC offense, which is move the ball, move the ball, move the ball, and then stall. Because of a penalty or because of a bad play or whatever it is. That's classic USC, right? But remember a few years ago when, like, Stanford just couldn't do anything in the red zone? Like, no matter what they did in the red zone, it was just failure. So, like, Utah was doing that. And that's, okay, so this is one of my worries. Here's my take on the game as a whole before I put this out there. Uh, enjoy it. Just like the Stanford game, like, enjoy this moment. Enjoy this. It was the stupidest, ridiculous, most insane game with Reggie Bush and Urban Meyer and all this kind of stuff. So just sit back and enjoy it. But also, I think this game had a lot more to do with Utah than USC.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to to talk about with that. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about this game a little bit more. What did it mean? I don't know what it meant. I don't know if anyone knows what the hell this game meant. Uh, but we're going to try to make sense of it uh, right now. We'll be right back. All right, Alyssa, you, you say this game mean, meant more about Utah. Explain that. Yeah, so I think that Utah
1: shot themselves in the foot. If If you're a Utah fan, if you're a Utah coach, you're looking at this game and thinking... Man, we, we really limited our opportunities here. We should have come away with this win. They couldn't finish off drives. Uh, they were making very pivotal mistakes. They were holding on every other play and getting called for it. Um, they had si- 16 penalties and were just getting backed up and, and, and um, really sloppy. Uh, you look at the touchdowns that USC scored, the jump balls that, that Utah lost, um, but it wasn't just that. Like you know, Amon Ross St. Brown ca- catch if I remember correctly, Amon Ross St. Brown catches his jump ball like at the five yard line, and then just sort of falls into the end zone. Michael Pittman's uh, the seventy eight yard touchdown for Michael Pittman. He just you know gets by, you know, breaks through a guy and 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 takes off for the for the end zone. So, like again, these are plays where if you're Utah, you're thinking like, man, we we screwed up here and like i said i think usc showed a lot of heart usc had a lot of good good moments where individuals were really making their making their play but like i think if utah if utah shows up in this game it's it's a very different situation and and i think this is where i want to caution about like don't read anything into this game because it really didn't say anything one way or another. like i don't think usc grew or learned or improved or anything in, in any way but you have to look at it and say that that like Utah was n- far below the level that I expected from them, and you also have to consider USC got out of this game with Utah. I mean, w- I know we agree that Tyler Huntley was was really good, but they didn't have Zach Moss, and Zach Moss was the thing that really like people kept asking like what do you, when you watched USC BY uh, sorry Utah BYU like what stood out, and the big thing that stood out for me for me in that game was Zach Moss. Zach Moss is a beast. So USC didn't have to shut down Zach Moss. Like, and, and maybe they would have because the strongest point of this defense is the interior run defense. But Zach Moss is another, is another animal altogether. And he wasn't somebody that USC had to contend with. He wasn't somebody that USC had to shut down. So again, like, th- nothing about this game means anything except for, wow, that was an actual fun, crazy, stupid night at the Coliseum that wasn't totally soul-sucking.
0: I hear everything you're saying, but do you really think this comes down to not having Zach Moss? They ran for two hundred and forty seven rushing yards.
1: Yeah. I mean that's that's again I can't I like, okay. I think Zach I don't Moss know.
0: absolutely makes the difference. A, I don't know. This but, is but they still ran for two hundred and forty-seven. This runs. is
1: what I don't understand.
0: They had the ball inside the red zone they repeatedly. Gashed USC or on the at edges. Le- at least they inside the opportunity zone, whatever yeah. you want to call it.
1: But like that's what I don't I again I can't make sense of this game. So again, I'm not gonna read anything into it because I can't make it. Doesn't make any sense. Utah racked up 470-some-odd yards in this game. They were balanced passing and running. They murdered USC on the outside. Like, Tyler Huntley evaded USC's pass rush. It, it They sacked him twice. And, you know, like, last year they had sacked him five times and probably could have had another five more. Like, I don't think they actually came that close to many more sacks. Like, yeah, he, he they they... they they forced him to to run from the pocket, but it's not like he was breaking tackles to get away. At least, not from my recollection. So, this game doesn't make any sense, Michael. It just doesn't make any sense. No sense. It it's so it, it so you just have to take it for what it, it what it was a chaotic night at the Coliseum when everything went crazy. And like, I guess that's okay. But I I, I don't know. Like the the, the
0: worst thing for Utah me- is worse without Zach Moss, right? Well, yeah, I, but I, I, yes, at the same point, I to me, I, I don't know where where I lost a little faith in in Utah as you know my pick for to win the conference is w- would be like their with their defense. I thought their defense could have been much better in this game. Um, mind you, SC looked terrible at times on offense, but I think a lot of that was because they were losing battles up front and. Utah's front seven, absolutely as good as advertised. But I think I lost a little faith in Utah's secondary. Outside of that, I still think Utah can be one of the best teams in the country. Absolutely. I don't know how it happened that SC was able to hold them down so much when, yeah, there were so many defensive breakdowns. And between the 20s, SC just seemingly could not stop Utah at all. Like, like how did everything just tighten up? I, I don't... I don't know. There's no no explanation for me. One thing that
1: frustrated me about USC's offense was they couldn't run the ball, and you have to accept that at a certain point, right? And yet they kept running on first down, and they kept setting themselves back and kept getting out of out of. There was a schedule.
0: couple USC specials in this game. I yeah, think?
1: yeah, and I'd love to go through and just sort of see, but like to my eye again, like, people are going to complain about the running backs, but, like, to my eye, dudes are getting hit in the backfield. Like, straight up getting hit in the backfield or having to dodge somebody in the backfield because USC is letting somebody through. So, like, I don't know. Again, I I need to get another look at it to see if was was Utah sending in run blitzes or was the numbers advantage not there? Whatever it was, I don't know what it was, but USC's run game like this is what what I want to see from this offense is not forced balance or anything like that. I want this offense to take what what's there and running it in the circumstances when I saw USC running it it didn't seem to make sense to me. Like work the short game, just get quick passes out, but like the run game was detrimental to
0: USC's drives. Yeah, absolutely. And because you, you saw SC in this game for long stretches on offense, really in the middle quarters
1: well, and it was th- after Utah. So this was one of the talking points after the game, where Utah started out in man in man coverage and man de- and man defense, and then they switched to a zone, which is something closer to what BYU ran against right. USC. And and that's when USC's offense had less success.
0: Yeah, and SC couldn't do anything. They couldn't run the football. Uh, it was basically let Michael Pittman make a play or nothing or bust. And it was there was a lot of bust in this game, and I kept thinking that how how many times Utah got knocking on SC's door and got shut out for whatever reason, whether it be the fumble or the blocked uh, blocked uh, field goal or the turnover on downs, and SC was not capitalizing. I thought they were going to end up looking back at it. And Utah was going to score a couple well, of touchdowns in the second half. It was typical USC. Were, yeah, it, and, you, and you were going to be able to sit there and be like, well, if SC would have just capitalized on those freaking drives. It was typical USC's
1: defense was looking crappy, but getting the stops, and then the offense was coming out and not rewarding them for them. There was a long stretch in this game where USC's offense didn't string anything together. And that was what was worrisome, is because that's that's very, very, I mean, we're very used to seeing that kind of thing. And where they flipped the the script was late in the game when they needed to put the game away. The offense actually put the game away by scoring their fourth offensive touchdown.
0: There you go. It's always that fourth offensive touchdown, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, because they went up 21-10 or whatever it was.
0: And then how long did they go without scoring? Long time. Long time. I, I, okay. Ask me this. How do you – or answer me this. How do you feel – about USC's time of possession. These are their drives. Two minutes and three seconds, two minutes and 21 seconds, 56 seconds, two minutes and t- 32 seconds, a minute and five, 16 seconds, two minutes and one second, 42 seconds, 132, 154, 153, four minutes and one second. The one drive they needed to kill clock, they somehow find a way to do it. Yeah,
1: on the ground, too. That was what was just weird. I don't, I, I still, again, I don't, none of this, this game doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And some of those short drives were the explosive plays that Matt Fink was generating with the wide receivers. And some of them were just three and outs and four and outs and whatever it was. But that's what, again, I felt bad for the defense because you just look at them go like, man, these dudes are gassed. Like, the, like. And, and I talked to some of the, the defensive linemen and they were talking after the game about how you know, it it's a lot easier because they do the rotation now, uh so they can be more fresh and maybe that's what helped USC uh come up with the stops that they did further down the field instead of just capitulating, but everything about it, everything about it just doesn't I don't I don't know, Michael. I don't know. None of it makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely none of it makes sense. We're going to learn so much more about SC in these next couple of weeks. Uh and Maybe then we won't either. Who, who the hell knows? But where the hell does SC go from here? You know, we can say that they're the favorites in the South, but wh- what does that mean? Where do they go? What's with the quarterback controversy? Is there a quarterback controversy now? I don't know. I think there will be a quarterback
1: controversy because USC is bound to lose. I mean, in a, in a a, I think if I sat here right now and offered you USC splits the next two games, you take it, right? Easily. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. so we can expect a loss for USC in the next three weeks because they have UW by Notre Dame. So in the next three weeks, USC will have at least one loss, right? Well, let's say Keaton Slovis comes back. Uh, he 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 has over a week to get cleared from the concussion protocol, which we assume it's... Well, I mean, clayon said he got dinged. He definitely got concussed. So let's say he gets back in time for, for UW, and they go to UW and... USC loses because USC was always going to lose that game, or they go to Notre Dame and USC loses because USC was always going to lose that game, you're going to have a situation where people are just sort of turning Matt Fink into Jack Sears, where, you know, you see what Matt Fink did. Matt Fink led USC against uh, the number 10 team in the country. And like, that's the crazy thing is that Matt Fink isn't a better quarterback than Keaton Slovis, but... This was something that, you know, I think some people make a a good argument for, not just about, like, the mobile quarterback thing, but, like, if USC's offensive line is going to be this bad, then maybe you are better off with Matt Fink in place. Like, this was uh, something I I talked to you about. Like, Uh, But, okay. Matt Fink probably suits this game better than Keaton Slovis. And I can't...
0: Only in the sense that Matt Fink was playing... Was, backyard football. He was just running for his life. Like, yes. And he, he was comfortable doing that. He was more that. likely to backyard football it, and that's how USC was going to win, by trusting their receivers to just go up and make a play.
1: Yeah.
0: And maybe, yeah, maybe Matt Fink wins this game, but... I mean, For I mean, all we know, Keaton Slovis could have won this game by just getting the ball out very quickly and yeah, getting sure. the pass rush that maybe, way. Maybe. I, don't, I don't know, but I don't
1: know. But they're, they're like they very different to, quarterbacks.
0: So I I don't know that Matt Fink's legs helped him out in this game. No,
1: well, uh, they he wasn't gashing USC. I mean Utah's defense with his legs. No, but he was able to bail the pocket. I mean, and this is something that I'm I'm looking forward to doing in the but, rewatch. But even then,
0: he was did he it a bailing times the pocket earl, too early? early on. But I don't think he I don't think that persisted later on in my memory
1: of of Matt Fink in this game is one second bail like it and I feel like he was doing it again this is just my perception from the sideline but like I feel he was bailing the pocket every single time so I kind of I'm looking forward to the rewatch to see like a was he actually bailing as often as I think he was B was he bailing because he needed to or was he doing it because he's you know overly reliant on that aspect of his game I don't know But, like, I do think USC is now in an interesting situation where Fink brings a different element, not just with the mobility, but with the style. Because Fink, I've been calling this the YOLO raid, like, just Fink is out there just doing, taking risks and all that kind of stuff. Keaton's the true freshman who you expect to run this offense more coherently. That might not be how USC like USC might win games this year by just being stupid, by just saying, you know what, we have Michael Pittman, that's fine. Like which, I don't, which is so weird because you lose games doing that too. Well, so it,
0: it's so weird because that's what they... it felt like they did last year, and that's what we talked all offseason about how they work. needed to go away from. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I am the first person to be like, hey. Uh, the quarterback doesn't matter, quarterback doesn't matter, quarterback doesn't matter in the system. And I felt like for the first two drives, they stuck to the system. As the game progressed, Utah made their adjustments. He said they weren- went to a little bit more of a zone. And SC felt like they went away from the system that they were running. Because it very much turned out into, oh, it's Matt Fink and he's going to just scramble and throw. Scramble and chuck it. Yeah, Run and chuck, run and chuck, run and chuck. Which was last year's offense. And Except that JT is less
1: proficient at the just backyard football run and chuck. Which again, I'm not saying that this is the right thing to do. I'm just saying like there's a part of me that wonders if maybe just having the 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 less gifted quarterback who's just gonna go out and wing it See, might be might uh, prove to be beneficial as opposed to the more polished quarterback who's gonna try JT, to do things the way they're supposed for, to be done. For
0: all of JT's faults, I'm more confident in him just chucking the ball than I am of Matt Fink. Uh I mean
1: Fink I okay, again, things I don't understand about this game. Fink doesn't throw a pretty ball downfield. No. But it was super effective, and I can't tell you why. But like it was very catchable for USC's receivers. I mean, it worked. It I worked. mean, I don't know if that's sustainable. I genuinely don't. And this is the problem with this game, right? I don't think anything about this game is sustainable. You can't no. you, if you have if you repeat this game for the next uh how many weeks is it? Eight weeks? I guess nine weeks with the bye. If you repeat this game for the next eight games, you're you're gonna lose four and win four. You're gonna end up being sure. eight and four, like sure. which is not bad,
0: but it's not good either. Like, I I don't know what to make of this, this season. This is not I, sustainable at all. I see has won three different games, in which with three different quarterbacks, three different quarterbacks take the majority of the first team reps. It makes no freaking sense. I. No sense. No sense.
1: And so no here's sense. the thing, though. Here, I guess what I want to get to with this is that I don't think Matt Fink is long term going to be the quarterback for USC. I think USC fans need to accept this. Keaton Slovis will be back as soon as he's cleared from concussion. And I think there's a reason to suspect that might be in time for the Washington game. But maybe in an ideal world, do you want Fink and the Washington game? He'll take the loss. And then you get Keaton back and everyone's like, okay, fine. Fink lost that game.
0: I I, I don't even... I, I don't know. I, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. The bottom line is...
1: I've just... I've I i, I I've been Team Fink for a while, so I feel pretty it, gratified. It,
0: it's, it's your birthday. Yeah. And SC... Big one birthday your, present for me. Uh, one on your birthday in the stupidest of ways. Okay,
1: so, but this this is why I'm so happy, Michael. I'm happy because... I'm happy
0: that UCLA won.
1: Is uh, that what you're going to say? No, I'm happy that USC won, even though I was... I went into this week generally thinking, like, it would be best for me, for my birthday, if USC just lost. If USC just lost without it being, like, a stupid game where USC is, like, committing all sorts of penalties and making all sorts of mistakes. Like, like the typical 2018 soul-sucking defeat. Like I was prepared for that to happen and that would have been a real bummer. So I would have I would have taken like a 30 point loss if it was just very clear that Utah was outclassing USC. Instead, what, what we got for my birthday on this Friday night was uh like the, the the stupidest game where both sides were contributing to this is the kind of game that if you watch as a neutral, it's amazingly fun. Like this is maxion. This is Pac twelve after dark. This is the stupid stuff that we all enjoy because it's all stupid. Like it's, it's the Cheese It Bowl. It's the Cheez It Bowl. Well, there was a drive in there that felt like it was the Cheese It Bowl. Um so, like for me, for my birthday, like it was ideal because I could just shrug it off, embrace the suck, and accept that both of these teams are dumb and everything that happened in this game was dumb. And that made it all really funny. Like, and the outcome doesn't matter because there's an inevitability about USC for the rest of the season. We all know it. Because because there was no football reason to pick USC. But they didn't. And and they did. They didn't sucker me in. You know what the best thing about this this victory is? USC's offensive line was bad. USC was undisciplined. They lost the turnover battle. They gave up a ton of yards on defense. Uh, They looked bad on defense until they didn't. Uh, The offense looked incoherent. And it was all, you know, hero ball. All of the things that normally would sucker me in, like the Stanford game, where it's like, oh, man, the offensive line's really good. And this offense looks super, you know, coherent and all that kind of stuff. None of it was there. We don't have to get suckered in this time, Michael. It's like I'm I'm freed from the sucker nature of being a USC fan. That's
0: why I said it is the perfect win that
1: USC could have. It was beautiful. Ideal. I couldn't have written the script better
0: myself. Well, there you go. Yeah. A quick 12 seconds. The only, thing, the, only thing it was,
1: the only thing that was missing was uh, triple overtime or quadruple overtime or something stupid like that. Oh, sure. and I got a Ben Griffith's coffin
0: corner. Sort of, kind of. I mean, yeah. it, it, it uh, pinned it him. At the it six. pinned him. He had a 50 yard or two. Yeah. He's not all bad.
1: He's fine. My God, Ben Griffiths—he can see—he yeah. can—he can do
0: it. He's—he's he's okay. He's getting better. Baby steps. For for one week, you're not fake news. Baby steps. And neither am I, baby, because I predicted this day. <sighs> I freaking predicted it. And you it was, did. It was gold. You did. It was gold. Uh, anyways, that's gonna wrap up our car cast. Give us your phone calls one USC. Second West, West Brewing Show. Show. Give us your email address or give us your emails of Troy at ranoftroyatfanside.com is the email address it's 2am I'm freaking yeah. mentally fried yeah same I, I've been up since 5am I've got a flight at 10.30 in the morning I am. I don't know how the hell I'm going to make it I don't know why the hell we scheduled our parachute in and out of Colorado next month because I don't know how the hell I'm going to do that because we're crazy people Michael I know I know it's going to be a long week yep. but Seattle loops, Yes. And, and that'll be fun so yeah Happy birthday, Alicia. Thank you. And we will see you guys later. Until then, see ya. See ya. See ya.